Big wheels keep on turning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. There was a goalless draw in the Premier League and Neymar stitched up Richarlison. It's Tuesday, 20th of October. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Jim Campbell. It's a terrific Tuesday here at Ramble HQ, you lucky sausages. My goodness, what a show we have for you. Before we get to that, though, we want to tell you about a brand new episode of At The Match, which is now available over on Football Ramble Presents. Andy, you went to one of the few grounds in London where fans are allowed in. That's right. I'm sipping a lovely green tea now, which I didn't get at Peckham Town, but that was the only downside of what Mm. was a magnificent afternoon that I spent with Luke and young Finn, of course, from production. So um, tune in. You'll get the feeling of fans in the stadium. It's been too long Mm. for so many of us and there will be more at the matches in the near future. Is it fair to say you had a Luke and a Finn? (laughs) As opposed to. Um, So yes, uh, do subscribe uh, to Football Ramble Presents wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, So get involved there. Right, gentlemen, let's start with the game that had the goal from last night. It was Leeds United 0, Wolverhampton Wolves Wanderers 1. Raul Jimenez uh, with a peach. Now, is this the Luke Moore Calvin Phillips lobby? Mm. Or am I missing something? How is that not a Phillips own goal? Yeah, I don't get it either. Uh, it was going on target. I think if it doesn't matter how uh, if anyone slow... Else, if anyone else hits that, it's an own goal. Because it's Raul Jimenez, we're thinking, oh, but there's going to be some yeah. mystery curve yeah. at the end. He deliberately put it off his eyelash or something. <laughs> right? No, but do you not think that but that's the rule, isn't it? If, if it's going on target, it doesn't matter how fast or slow the shot is. But it was takes it past the... Even if it's going towards the goalkeeper and takes it away from him. Because I don't know, it, yeah, no, the, no, it, the it, contact it seemed deliberate from mm-hmm. Phillips to me. It's not like it was... Well, you, I was I, like, what, Jimenez hit it off Phillips into the goal? No, no, the, the opposite. I'm saying like, I, th- I think Phillips was trying to sort of clear it away yeah, not, rather than it being not, a proper de- true it's deflection. Not, it's not a deflection, mm. it's a move towards the ball. Oh, I see what you mean. Mm. Which, I think, is, uh, which is different. So say if it, say if it was on target mm. and Calvin Phillips had booted it in the top corner... Yeah. I think that's what you're getting at, isn't it? Yeah, Is absolutely. That what you're getting at? And it, yeah, yeah, and it it seems like maybe not booting it in the top corner, but sort of comparable <laughs> to that. I don't know. I think I've got nothing against Calvin Phillips, despite the <laughs> recent Twitter narrative. I think it's great, <laughs> but I also think he scored an own goal last night. I think Same. the I think the narrative is with the dubious goals panel, of which neither of you are members, but it sounds like you're trying to get in there. Mm. Uh, but I won't vote it's for the you. role I was born to play. Indeed, Jim. <laughs> uh, I, I won't vote for you because I don't get a vote. I don't know if you if you do that or not, but. Uh, it, if the shot is going on target, because you can say, oh, well, it was going straight to the keeper. Well, the keeper might have a little fumble, mightn't he? He might, he might fall over something. So, um, uh, so uh, yeah, like a big blade of a grass. <laughs> <laughs> um, his thought process, perhaps, he yeah. might stumble on that. So I, I think that's it, really. I mean, it was very fortunate because he, he sort of jinxed all along the box, didn't he, yeah. Jimenez? And he's thinking, well, pass it. And he thinks, oh, I'm going to plant this in the top corner. Do you think it was because the build-up play was so good? Good. Mm. Everyone apart from myself and Andy has gone. Oh, would you give him that? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it was a shame that the the uh, the goal that was disallowed wasn't. Uh, well, that was a proper goal. That was a proper mm. strike. You know, it but, was. Uh, yeah, but, but it, it was correctly ruled out, wasn't it? It's, it's one of those ones where it's, oh, it's annoying because mm. it was so good. No, de- um, definitely correctly ruled out, and we can all sit on that moral high ground that yes. football now operates. Feels yeah, good, it doesn't it? it? <laughs> Feels yeah. so good. Gets me on the right side of it for once. Um, can we share some love for Wolves' Portugal away kit? Oh my Just goodness. lean in. Just lean in. <laughs> 
absolutely love it. Yeah. The, the cojones uh-huh. on them. I, I, I'm well, aware that's Spanish. Yeah, we're near enough, Jim. Um, and what is what, what what would the Portuguese be for cojones? Cajones? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Oh, but they, I mean, they're not a nation of bullfighters, are they? Well, of course, Portuguese people never swear. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, presumably, Jose Mourinho picks up that... Uh, <laughs> You know, gauntlet that they all laid yeah. down. He's inventing new swear words for their dictionary as we go. I'd imagine there, 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 are, there are so many fucks in Portuguese football. <laughs> I don't, I don't There's a there clip. Are... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, Andy. Jules Br- think... Andy Brassel. <laughs> <laughs> he saw the table. I know that was on Twitter the other week of the swear table. He wants to move up. I do. I, I don't. I don't think there's room for any other. Words. Look apart, on, apart, on. Apart, apart Say something else outrageous, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but with uh, but I'd imagine Andy. You know, sometimes when celebrities uh, or, or you know famous people are very nice and very um, very well presented, very clean cut, and then and then you meet them or you hear about people who do meet them and they kind of f and blind and they're not quite the same. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he likes it. F and blind a bit. Oh, he loves to swear. Yeah, he loves to swear, old yeah. Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. Mm. apparently, um, apparently David Beckham's. The yeah, same. well, I, I know that. For, I remember Andy himself telling me that before. So yeah. Beckham, Ronaldo, Breach—they're all like it. <laughs> I, th- I think <laughs> J- Jules is almost in the Samir Nasri bracket. Mm. I, I, I have to say, yeah. and that's a compliment, Jules, if yeah. you're listening. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, back to the Portuguese kit. Yeah, I mean, it's great footballing swearers of our yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it was a good win for Wolves. You know, so well, they had to dig it out, didn't they? They did, as we know that Ellen Road is is a is a difficult place to go. Um, Beals has said that there there should have been uh, what is it differences between uh, Leeds and, and Wolves at halftime. Meaning, it was quite a nice way of wording it. They should have been. Uh, goals between the two of course Leeds will be a bit disappointed but I mean they've had a decent start to, to the season of course Wolves though Andy a bit like was it was it last season certainly a, a recent season with, with Wolves in the Premier League they started a little bit slowly uh, people often talk about that sort of Europa League and blah, 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 but, they, but they, they're sort of grinding through the gears and they're getting to it now aren't they yeah and um, I thought it was interesting how Nuno was asked in the post-match about how is it that Wolves could get it done in the, in, the, in the back half of the game because that's what they did so well for most of last season and it was incredible like when you were getting into February mm-hmm. and they were still winning games in the final 20 minutes now you know of course the point at which they started their Europa League campaign which has been the subject of some would say interminable repetition mm-hmm. um, last season you would have thought you know they're done by November physically but that they're clearly so well physically trained. They're so well looked after. And we're starting to see a little bit of that again after a few little dips in intensity at the start of the season. I mean, this this felt like proper Wolves rather than photostat Wolves, which we had a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. No, I know what you mean. Um, what about uh, Adama Traore, talking to people who are well looked after and well trained? There was chat that, that Barcelona, I know he's, played for them previously was sort of sniffing around and then we're going to add him to the endless list yeah. of players that Barcelona would like but can't afford yeah but yeah. I mean, there was also Liverpool mentioned but I mean perhaps a, a little bit fanciful you could see him where he would fit into that system but apparently he was he was keen to stay at Wolves which you can understand yeah. that they've, they've, they've built something and of course in this pandemic time as well it's, it's a bit of a strange one he's going to start at Wolves isn't he mm. and you wonder whether that would be the case at, at Barcelona and Liverpool I mean it almost certainly wouldn't Mm-hmm. And you feel like 
you know, with a player at the stage of his career, you, you just want to you want to play as much as possible. I think you know if he continues on the trajectory he's on mm. in a season or two, maybe he does go into a team like that as a starter. Mm-hmm. But now I think is probably the right time for him for, to stay at Wolves. For now, he's got into the Spanish team, which is a, yeah, a huge yeah. huge thing for him. And it, it, it took a while to, to to get in that team. And I think now you look at the way that Spain play, mm-hmm. and we still, I think, mentally think of Spain as Xavi, Iniesta, small blokes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's interesting, I think, that they're starting to rely on more direct players. Like Ansu Fati, you know, mm. he's, he's still so young, but they're becoming quite reliant on him already. Then you look at Danny Olmo, who does have that, technical mm. skill but is is a bit more of a late in the box Frank Lampard type midfielder and then you look at Adama on the other side and there's this shift especially under Luis Enrique who's not opposed of course to mm. quite direct football mm-hmm. at times as we, we saw when he was at Barcelona yeah. if, if you're Adama Traore you think this is my time why would I want to go to a place where I'm not the center of things mm-hmm. and he's had to work so hard to to get to this point it didn't work for him particularly well at Villa um, although that's partly the situation that they were in at the time. Um, then there was Middlesbrough and you look at Wolves, it took him ages to get going there. Mm. I think if you're smart, you just take a deep breath and think, yeah, I've, I've, I've got it good here for the moment. I agree with Jim. Yeah, we all agree with Jim. Always. Uh, not on everything though. With everything. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, Andy. <laughs> we'll see you in by court. The, by the way, Kolyoish. Kolyoish. Oh yeah? Ali Kolyoish. Uh, 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 Ah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> but, but yeah, people people don't don't use it nearly as much. It's foolish this and foolish that. Is it a, is is would that be a swear word or is it just a, a descriptor? No, it's rude. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good. All right. Just, sorry. Yeah. Because so, of, of do you go up the table for swearing in different languages? Let's hope so. Yeah. I, let's, Twitter. Let us know. <laughs> it's out of our hands, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> Let's move on to West Brom versus Burnley. It is definitely out of our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We know you're not looking. No webcams on today. And it was the first goalless draw in the in 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 the league this season, in the Premier League this season. What a bore fest! You'd have paid fourteen ninety five for the privilege, Jim. Of course. Great news for Vish, though. Great news for Vish. Um, why was that? Because he thinks there's too many goals. Oh yeah, sorry, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking, did it? Did he it, did this. Yeah, Burnley to the rescue. Yeah. God, I mean. Yeah, you got, you're going to be fuming, aren't you? Uh-huh. You paid. Well, the two goalkeepers played played their parts, didn't they? They did, yeah, uh, as 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 they should. Branislav Ivanovic uh, nearly nearly scored. It's an under the radar signing that Brilliant. one uh, for for West Brom. I, I mean, I, I was aware he was there, but we haven't sort of mentioned him too much uh, since he's gone. Um, he nearly scored as well. He was he was he was right up there. Why I mean, do you think this is a wise move for him, Andy? What is he sort of 36 now, something like that, coming back to the Prem? He's he's been decent from Zenit. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Zenit I, I think there's a big difference though in the you know coming from a team I mean people talk about the difference in leagues but coming from a team that dominates everything to a team that's at the other end of the table that's an absolutely enormous adjustment yeah, isn't it mm. definitely and I mean has, <clears throat> has Ivanovic really been in a situation like this before other than that freak season with Chelsea where they seem to be flirting with relegation for about two weeks well, now we're uh, Mourinho's third season second time like, as, I mean, as, as we know, none of them actually played in the first half of the season, so yeah, you can't really yeah. accuse them of being involved <laughs> yeah. in that situation. I mean, it's it's a big, big step up, isn't it? But at 36, obviously, he's a, he's a wily character. He's, he's, he's experienced. He's going to know what he's getting himself into. And, you know, we're not going to get the sort of Ivanovic of, of his heyday, mm-hmm. who's arguably, 
you know, one of the best right backs the Premier League's ever seen. Mm. So I think it's I think it's a canny signing for West Brom because the experience he's going to bring, even mm. if he's you know not going to start every game, is is going to be invaluable to those players. He's still got that fantastic rear, though, hasn't he? Jim? Powerful butter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Pow- they're like engines, aren't they? <laughs> engines. It's like, like you know, like a muscle car when you can see the engine coming through it. <laughs> like that exactly it's a muscle arse now we have discussed this before Marcus the fact that next to the Hawthorns certainly last time I was there right next to the Hawthorns is one of the finest Caribbean takeaways oh yeah I've ever been to okay so I will definitely get an opportunity to work on that how did he get on in Zenit uh, Andy yeah well well did he not not break something oh yeah the Russian Cup yeah Yeah. is that why he had to leave but I mean it was made of glass Stupid. Oh, well, fair enough it's then. absolutely stupid. Fair, what should it be but, made but, of? But players... Metal? Really? Like most cups? Yeah. No. I, think I mean, I it's quite like, like that. They've used the good china there. That's the equivalent, <laughs> isn't it? Do you know what I mean? The, the, like the good glasses. You don't, you don't just have them out all the time. You it's can't. for occasion when you're going to be careful with them. You don't have them for a party, which is effectively what a trophy said, you know... Um, presentation is, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I mean, of course, it's going to break. I've got a problem with Andy's reaction there, though, because it's like imagine if you smash it and go, "Well, you shouldn't have made it. A gl- you shouldn't drop it. You shouldn't be reckless." Accidents with the happen, Marcus. Accidents happen. Mm-hmm. All right, Andy. What about? <laughs> Easy didn't throw it under a bus, <laughs> like Sergio Ramos did. He didn't throw it. He yes, he it. did. Have this. Come I don't on, give, I've got too many of these. It's fair to say, though, this game wasn't a classic. Of course, we've come to uh, expect a lot of goals, so so, so nil-nil. I mean, was the Connor Cody post-match interview in uh, the Wolves-Leeds United game more entertaining than this match, yes. Andy? Yeah, OK. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Although, much as amusing as I found it, mm-hmm. Connor Cody, of course, he had the sort of exclamation, Oh, did he? When yeah. it, was, it was very high-pitched, I think, which, which, which made it when mm-hmm. uh, he found out that... that Young Kilman won the won, won the man of the match, um, but I did laugh about that a little bit too long in the studio. I thought, mm. you know, sort of like when you go to the theatre and you're watching Shakespeare when you're at school, mm-hmm. and like there are just a few people in the auditorium who want to prove that they got this joke from a couple of hundred years ago. So they go, <laughs> <laughs> when, when Shakespeare's not actually that. Fu- I'm sorry, he's not actually that funny. Big words. I was going to say when you just when you say something like that about a man like Billy Shakespeare mm, about the bard. Exactly. And I'm very appreciative of his time at Walsall. Don't get me wrong; he was brilliant there. Okay. Well, he, he was never in Burnley, as far as I'm aware. Uh, and they should have probably had all three points, Jim. It was their first point of the season, uh, mm. much like Fulham got their first point of the season recently as well. So they're they're down in the mire. We know Burnley can get out of this situation. Yeah. But if you're a Burnley fan, you'd think to yourself, can we not be in this situation? Yeah, can we can this can this stop now? Um <laughs> you do wonder actually if Burnley are going to be affected a bit more than most teams through the lack of crowds. I mean, mm-hmm. there's one thing sort of making do at the end of a season in in the situation, but looking at you know this this situation where we don't know when that will end or even if it will end this season. Like Burnley are are very their home support is amazing, isn't mm-hmm. it? They really really g them up. They they've bought into the way Burnley play. There's no Steep sort stands. of complaining about you know the, the the style and uh, and 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 the kind of rugged nature of of some of their play when they certainly when they need to play that way. So I wonder if without that they they just lose a little bit. They lose a little bit of oomph. Yeah, I, I see that, and you do think. Turf more good old fashioned ground, don't you? Yeah. But I think the thing is, because Burnley maybe aren't that glamorous, there's not really been a wider media discussion about some of their problems at the moment. The fact that Sean Dyche and the board aren't really getting on, the fact that they haven't really 
signed anyone. Mm. And and that is a, a problem for a lot of Burnley fans, I think. And it's a problem for Sean Dyche. And, you know, he's almost been stereotyped as, you know, him and Burnley are the same. I th- I think he gets a good job somewhere else if if he's yeah. not there and maybe that is that that point after after this season but I th- I think you you look at where Burnley are and they're kind of in that I guess that Swansea spot mm-hmm. aren't they in that they've had a little tickle of Europe yeah but they're not going back there in in a rush and how do you carry on pulling the club forward in that sort of situation mm. knowing that you're not going to break that top bracket and particularly at the moment you know you're not you're not getting in the top six it's simply not happening well, whatever the miracles are that mm-hmm. the Daesh mm. has performed so the only way is really a slow slide back to the championship mm-hmm. unless you address the situation and that's why there's some sort of anxiety there at the mm-hmm. moment because it doesn't feel I don't think like there's a positive plan to take them forward how do they you know, you have to look to get onto the next level in the Premier League to even tread water. Mm-hmm. That That is the thing, isn't it? Because it's mm-hmm. such a competitive league and you look at, say, what Villa have done mm-hmm. this season, for example, regardless of, of where they end up, they've made positive steps forward and that's a, that's a good example. But it's also an example of the fact that, you know, if you don't want to end up getting sort of glued into the, the bottom six like Villa were before, like Sunderland were before, and goodness knows what happens mm-hmm. when, when you actually fall out of the Premier League, then you have to make those positive steps. And I think there's a feeling that, that, that Burnley aren't really addressing that at the moment. Mm. They've got to be careful, as you say, because we've seen this with other clubs. I mean, you could even go all the way back to somewhere like Charlton when Alan Kerber's thinking... They're a know, great example. They're a great yeah. example. You know, you, you, it keeps them in the league. It keeps them sort of ticking over. Previous incarnation of Southampton. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing. And if and if Dyche goes, then can they get someone in? Can, can they do a job? But if Dyche stays and then there's fallouts and then, as you say, it begins to kind of just slow down. I think Dyche... He's biding his time. He's waiting for the Atletico Madrid job, Jim. You reckon? It's a, it's a like for like yeah. change. It, it's absolutely like for like, isn't it? I'd love to. I'd love to peer into the alternative universe where that happened. <laughs> this match, of course, was uh, on pay per view, um, and Slaven Bilic uh, had something to say about that. He said, "Football is not polo or golf. Football should not be free, but affordable. It's the sport for the masses, a working class sport, and it should be affordable to everybody." Well. Let's finish the half on that note because we'll talk about Newcastle United fans after the break, gentlemen, who did uh, something quite wonderful. See you in a moment, everybody. Hi, I'm Jermaine Defoe and this is the Football Ramble. You're damn right it is, Jermaine. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Before we talk about Newcastle United fans, let's have some correspondence. first incarnation of that email jingle when lots of people didn't like it goodness knows what they think about that one hmm. never challenge Pete you've just got to hope he improves yeah um, like a hydra isn't he <laughs> that one head off two will grow back let's, let's face it John Bon Jovi wishes he wrote that yeah 
Indeed. Uh, that was always his dream, wasn't it? To just be a sort of like jingle writer. But it just got out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> his mates, Tommy and Gina's lives, were just too interesting. <laughs> he started writing about them and it all took off. They'd be, they'd be fuming with that. Well, the, what's his name? Was it Hawkins or the, the Darkness lead singer? He, was a, he wrote jingles. Yeah, he wrote the X Factor uh, Did thing, he? didn't he? Yeah. No, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. Talking of things getting out of hand. Yeah. Oh, we enjoyed and, it for six yet, months, three months, whatever it was. Yeah, it didn't make itself on, on onto the uh, Best of the Darkness album. No. <laughs> well, maybe it did. I don't know. Who would know? Oh. <laughs> Who would know? Presumably Andy. Charity dark, shops would a, know. A darkness, <laughs> a darkness completionist, uh, if that's a thing. Um, right, gentlemen, let's have the first email from Akshay Mistray, who writes in. Uh, James Rand also mentioned this as well. He said, Hi, guys. Speaking about odd player name combinations in a single team, and that email has attempted to try and foster a move for, for, for Tim Ream. Um, I have a quick story about the Charlton backline in the early to mid-2000s. Another mention for Charlton. Charlton's defence consisted of Luke Young, Mark Fish, George Costa and Jonathan Fortune, whose surnames combined to make the line Young Fish Costa Fortune. <laughs> very, very enjoyable, Just that. Just odd. I think um, my favourite of, of this sort of thing is when Portsmouth had... Um, Benjani Mawari Wari and Lamanu Trezor Luwalawar up front, and oh, they also yeah. had Papa Buba Diop in the in in the midfield at the time. Uh-huh. Just the three exceptionally just joyous names, but when you put mm. them all together, it sounds great. And it reminds me of an email we once got about a listener who said that whenever he heard Papa Buba Diop's name, he couldn't help but think of the um, one of the levels from the original Super Mario games and uh, say it's Papa Buba Diop. And uh, <laughs> that has stuck in my head ever since. Oh, I like it. Brilliant. One way to remember it. Uh, yes, yeah, so we've got another email here from Andrew Whitock. Hello, Ramblers. Uh, I'm writing in to highlight the similarities between Lanzini's recent scream against Spurs and a last-minute winner from Sebastian Larsson against Spurs way back in 2007, which I instantly remembered after Lanzini's strike, despite being only nine at the time. Unlike Richard Dunn's Thunderbolt, footage of this goal is readily available if you Google it. I'm just surprised I haven't seen anyone make the comparison between the way both goals were completely sliced to the point of being a missed kick, as well as both being scored into the same top corner at the same end of the ground deep into injury time. As a Villa fan, sitting through compilations of Birmingham City's best ever goals isn't something I ever thought I'd do, but when uh, no one I spoke to remembered Larson's strike, I felt compelled to find it. Gareth Bale was also playing in this one, by the way, but wasn't on the pitch at the time, having done his ankle, leaving him out for the rest of the season. Uh, So, yeah, thank you very much, Andrew Whitock. Um, Former Arsenal player Sebastian Larson there. This idea about uh, slicing the ball... And to the to the point of being a miss kick, I think is a touch harsh. Yeah, I think that I think you may be on something there. Is it shades of shades of Wayne Rooney's overhead kick against Manchester City, which just had loads of people going, should it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, the thing is, though, <laughs> like, like, like that it? diminishes it in any way. Yeah, but the yeah. thing is that he still stuck his leg up there. It's just yeah. hit a slightly different point. I know what you mean, yeah. but that I can't. I, I don't think you can call that a miss hit from Lanzini. Well, to be fair, he hasn't. He said it's to the point of, but putting the the. The word miss kick in that sentence, I think, is a bit piss poor. <laughs> <laughs> he should be ashamed of himself. Don't email in again. No, do so, but just just, just do it better. Um, we got I'll tell you who- what, it has made me remember, you know when we were talking about great goals that are maybe not committed to film? Mm-hmm. I was thinking of one in the Emirates Cup by Michel Bastos for Leon against Celtic. That is a name I've not heard in a while. Where he absolutely, great left foot. Mm. He absolutely leathered it in the top corner. From, you know, a point where you think, I think Celtic thought he's not going to have a shot from here. Mm. You know, it, it never even crossed their mind. In fact, they didn't even think he's not going to have a shot mm. from here because you wouldn't mm-hmm. even think that he was going to shoot. So he, he smashed it in the top corner at the home end from absolutely miles off. And you think, oh my God, I can't believe you just wasted mm. that on essentially a, a 
friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny though, isn't it? Because that situation is is quite ripe. If you've got the if you've got the right position to take a sort of sneaky shot, no one's expecting, like a goal. A goal is massive. Mm-hmm. A goal is absolutely massive. So if no one is thinking to defend it, mm-hmm. you've got a big opportunity there. So if you if you hit that sweet spot of no one expecting <laughs> you to do it. It's true. Especially, especially if you've got one of one of those left feet. I have to I have to say the thing about Michelle Bastos, who's one of still one of my favourite players, actually mm-hmm. for for a number of reasons. I, I think we we always think about his great left foot goals. My favourite Michelle Bastos moment was when he was introduced when he signed on loan from uh, for Roma to the Roma fans, and obviously someone just passed him a scarf and he didn't really look at it. So the pictures of him being introduced to the Roma fans mm-hmm. were him in front of the curva holding a scarf that says Lazio a shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all, I, I thought you were going to say it was maybe um, another team or something like that which would have been particularly disastrous. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that been At good. least that's sort of fitting. Yeah. Um, but talking of great long range goals in friendlies in North London that perhaps have been forgotten about just YouTube I assume it's there Mark Van Bommel's goal against England for the Netherlands in around 99, 2000 I think mm. or maybe 98 something like that. Oh, Beauty. Uh, last email here from uh, Joseph uh, Phelan who says, Last week, FC Cincinnati signed its very first homegrown player. The 17-year-old goalkeeper's name, Beckham Sunderland. Love that. What a, what a contrast Beck- in footballing <laughs> fortunes. <laughs> Could go either way. How are you, it's, like, it's like you can imagine Bex himself like seeing this guy's name and going, did I play that? I know a lot of us went <laughs> there on loan and maybe played a year or two Post Man United. Was it, was it me? Did I go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Beckham was... Um, the, the new Beckham, I suppose. Uh, Beckham Sunderland was born in July 2003, which was the same summer that saw David Beckham sign for Real Madrid, uh, which, uh, which Joseph says, I can only assume played a part in the naming process. Also, the Premier League season that had just ended in that summer saw Sunderland relegated with a measly 19 points, which was at the time the worst ever point return in a Prem campaign so yes Jim it backs up the uh, the obvious point that very differing fo- uh, footballing fortunes yeah. I have to applaud his parents in coming up with such a unique way to commemorate these two huge footballing moments <laughs> I love that though because the, the alternative is oh they've been so bad we're going to have to change the family name <laughs> Oh, I love that like love. if you had a child called Ibrahimovic Derby County yeah <laughs> Why yes? Why? Oh, I suppose yeah. The points tally. Yes. I thought you were just having a little dig at poor old Derby County there. Yeah. Why um, would they do that? I don't know, Andy, but you are sometimes fueled with malice and hatred. <laughs> um, are you getting defensive because you know that Fulham are gunning for that record? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> a, po- a point further away from it or towards it? I don't know. Um, right, gentlemen. Uh, staying with northeastern football clubs in this country, Newcastle United. Um, the, a lot of their fans boycotted the pay per view scheme and donated to uh, a local West End food bank in uh, in Newcastle and they raised £19,000 roughly. Brilliant. A few other magnificent. Clubs, yeah, a few other clubs have done similar, haven't they? And yeah, it I, is fantastic. But uh, what a damning, mm. you know, indictment of the situation we're in that this is even happening. Mm. Like if you, it, it is a great thing and it should be applauded but if you take a step back and actually look at the circumstances we're in here, it's yeah. like... Yeah, I know oh, it's, it's, it's well done. I think, well done. I think Leeds United fans. I think I think there's been a number of other fans yeah, as City well. City as well, Man City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but it is brilliant though. And I mean, obviously, a lot of people are very unhappy about the the fourteen pounds ninety five we've got to pay extra for some of these games. And I think you have to say as well, Marcus. You know, it's it's not the 
it's not the richest part of the country as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pe- yeah. People have been hugely generous here, especially as a lot of them, well, all of them haven't received money back for the season tickets. Yeah. It's, mm. it's outrageous, isn't it? And also, I think, you know, a, a lot of places like this, they, they take donations after games. Mm. So with the crowds not being mm. there, they're, they're suffering from that as well because they don't have these huge mm. crowds exactly. in the yeah. to make donations. So no, it's, it's, it's absolutely it's a, wonderful. It's a brilliant bit of thinking. Although, it's been well executed. To give the other side of, of the argument, that's not the argument about giving to food banks, it's the argument about, is, is Richard Masters, the Prem CEO, said that the, the pricing was defensible. And he said the broadcasters were responsible for setting the price. Uh, but BT Sport have said uh, that it was the league's decision. Mm. Does that constitute an argument for the for four, this uh, pricing, Andy? Or does it just confuse everybody and, and make us dislike them even more? What a big load of old nonsense. <laughs> yeah. It's just... <laughs> It's too much, isn't it? I think <laughs> just piss off. If they'd offered it as a fiver, I don't think we'd be having these conversations. Mm. I think people would still be annoyed. But like fifteen quid. It's more than a Netflix but subscription it's, for it's, a single game. It's, it's not in line with any other sports pricing. No. Uh, around the world, you know, you look at um, you know the league passes that you have in NBA or NFL or any, anything like that. It's just nowhere near. You look at. I think what must be a lot a very frustrating for fans. Premier League fans and you can see it with I guess the, the fact is there are no global secrets anymore are, are there you know everyone knows what stuff costs mm-hmm. in other countries and you know you look at um, the, the the packages that people have in the United States or Germany or other countries and that, that makes it even more ludicrous and that means it's being rubbed in the faces of fans and I just have to say that the, the clubs sort of using the broadcaster as a, as a human shield yeah. <laughs> and basically saying, oh, well, you, you know, just allowing people to say, oh, Sky and BT, it's absolutely outrageous. Mm. Yeah. Well, when it, when it's when it's the clubs that are doing it to cover their own losses in a, in a very small way, which they we know they can swallow. Mm. So it's, it's a great shame. It is a great shame, but well done to those Newcastle United fans and, and to all the other fans who have done uh, such good work. Yeah, there. great work. Um, the Champions League returns this evening, everybody. Uh, and, Are you going to do the theme tune? Uh, not a cappella. No? No. Not a cappella? Well, yeah. So you're going to get like a full orchestra? Yeah, well, they should be here in a moment. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and if not, then then blame them uh, <laughs> for, for doing that. They'll blame me, of course, and then, you know, we're in a similar situation. Um, but yes, uh, Chelsea are playing uh, Sevilla. Goals. Goals in that game, surely. Mm. And Manchester United away to Paris Saint-Germain. Um, it's the it's the normal format for the, for the Champions League. Uh, fans can attend where local laws permit. So France and Germany can have restricted numbers in stadiums, maximum 30% of the capacity of the, the stadiums. No away fans, of course. I mean, we'd like to see a, a few fans in here, but that's that's not going to happen. Um, but let's take Chelsea versus Sevilla, Jim. Uh, you, that does have goals written over it, surely? It, absolutely, it does. Um, and I feel like Timo Werner has been activated yes. now. Yes. Like, do you know what I mean? Like He needed, mm. to, he needed to get a, get a Premier League brace, maybe, to sort of... Cause, uh, I really think he's going to have, a, have an amazing season. I think he's a brilliant player, and he's just so sort of—he's just so ruthless in front of goal, isn't he? He's got that like. I know they're very, very different players, but you know how when a chance fell to Andrei Shevchenko, you just think goal. Mm. Yes. Like Werner's got something of that about him. What? Not a Chelsea, though. Not a, no, very much not a Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, no, very much not. Um, but and I—I I feel like uh, he's now he's—he's he's kind of got a couple of. Good goal. We're going you to could see have picked that. Picked any other top striker? No, I, 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 but 
you it's know what like I mean? When, when Matthias Kesman, you just thought goal. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Not at Chelsea, maybe in the era divisa. Yeah, no, fair point. Fair point. Um, but I stand by my caveated, my retrospectively caveated point. Yes. Um, Proper Shevchenko. Yeah. yeah. P- exactly. P-S. Peak, mm-hmm. peak Shevchenko. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I, I'm just excited about seeing him, which is, you know, pains me to say that about a player in a Chelsea shirt. But I do think. Um, because of how good their forward line is now, and Kai Havertz as well seems to have sort of got a bit more settled. I, I figured both of those players would settle quickly. Um, I think you're absolutely right. There's, this screams goals. And I, I wonder about Sevilla because obviously their aim is to get into the Europa League through this. So they're probably looking at losing this game. <laughs> yeah. So it might be, it might be a good one for Chelsea. It could be. I mean, Andy, your, your beloved Sevilla know how to uh, unpick defences of, of a certain kind in, in European competitions. Now, they usually come unstuck in the sort of second round or quarterfinal stage of, of the Champions League. Yeah. Um, this season's a little bit different because there's not too many teams. I mean, Bayern and, and, and Liverpool, well, recent injuries of Liverpool, perhaps not. But um, is there not a chance for a side like Sevilla to go further in this competition than perhaps they normally are. Maybe, and I think you look at the the rest of this group, I don't think Ren or Krasnodar will be pushovers because they're first-timers, mm-hmm. um, but they're very ambitious as well. You know, there's been decent money spent on both of those in Krasnodar, notably with the infrastructure. I mean, when the, the, the Spanish players were based there during the 2018 World Cup, and bear in mind that, you know, they're players from... Barcelona, Real Madrid, mm. Atletico, and they all turned up and they were like, holy shit, mm. look at this place. It's incredible. So, you know. All we've got to do is get rid of the manager and we'll have a lovely time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's ambition there. You think of Ren when they got rid of uh, Rafinha to, to Leeds. Mm. They replaced him with an 18-year-old, Jeremy Doku, for 26 million euros. <laughs> you know, they're, they're going hard at this. Um, but they are first-timers. I think where Sevilla have got the drop in this group is, is, is the experience. Mm. I think that makes a, a massive difference. The game management is excellent. I think you look at them, you know, we've talked about goals, but they were really able to grind out results when they weren't playing particularly well in the back end of the Europa League. I mean, they had their hairy moments against Wolves mm-hmm. and Manchester United and still managed to to, to, to get through those mm. um, with, without being rolled over. So um, I think they're going to need to dig deep because... <laughs> They're missing their best defender, Jules Koundé, who tested positive for coronavirus when he was away with the French under-21s. And again, if you go back to that Europa League um, final eight, I thought the interesting thing is Diego Carlos, who a few Premier League clubs were having a look at and Sevilla were demanding a lot of money for, Mm -hmm. he really suffered with direct runners, I think, in that. When you look at the penalties he gave away when he had Lukaku running at him and when he had... Adama Traore running at him and when he had Anthony Martial running at him. Werner falls into that category, I, I, I think, which is which is quite interesting. So maybe that's a little opportunity for Chelsea. But I do think you look at the Sevilla squad and they're able to rest a few at the, the weekend. I, I, I think they're, they're quite a difficult obstacle for Chelsea. I just want to ask Jim, I'm just going back to what he said before. When you were talking about Timo Werner's Premier League brace, are we talking about like him scoring a couple of goals or something that he puts in his mouth to sort of get him ready for some sort of like, branded? Sort of, yeah, well, Danny the, Ceballos the, 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 does the it. Premier League. Yeah, so I don't. It could be either, couldn't it? it could be yeah. some sort of performance enhancing um, mouth. 
Should we really use the expression performance enhancer? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think it's unlikely because, you, you know, shouting to your teammates, it might be quite difficult. I know in, yeah. in, in, in the States, in America, in, in some levels of uh, sort of, what would it be sort of secondary school, high school um, soccer, they, they sometimes would have gum shields yeah. in yeah. there. Uh, and, so, and, and a couple of lads are... Uh, played a few matches with they say it's a bit annoying because you have some take them out to give instructions sometimes because mm. sometimes it's a bit, a bit tricky uh, but I don't think that's uh, what, what Jim meant about Werner's goals yeah. for Chelsea no. Andy you knob yeah um, <laughs> what, what, going back to your point Andy you, you talk about Sevilla's game management being excellent um, you can, the opposite is true of Chelsea isn't it that seems to be Lampard's biggest flaw as a coach at the moment and the thing that he's clearly trying to work on and learn but they do concede so. late goals he was defending United, his so. defence though did you see that recently in the press well someone's got to defend them yeah, they're, well, not about to say, yeah, yeah. they're not going to do it are they exactly. yeah. what are you going to do Frank stand in front of the back four and shield them um, he, he, yeah he was a bit like oh but if you look at the stats you know only Manchester City have conceded more shots than us or something like that in the Premier League so it depends how you work it I, I hear what you're saying Frank you mean like, fewer uh, fewer yes but I hear what you're saying uh, uh, Frank but uh, you are conceding goals I mean you just yeah. factually are you shipped what three against Southampton and it's, and they're such bad goals as well. I know, and and I I, I do worry for them. Um, but what about uh, but what about Manchester United? They're away to, to Paris Saint Germain. I mean, we mentioned I mentioned Sevilla there. Could they go deep in the tournament? <laughs> Looking at this Champions League, who is the favourite? I mean, is it still Bayern? They seem to be the side that don't that, that seem to be the sort of least disrupted at the moment. You think about Barcelona at the moment. You think about Real Madrid. You know, both had very sloppy results and losses on the weekend. Yeah, it is Bayern's to lose, well, but, isn't it? Uh, you. You would have put Liverpool in there before the unfortunate events of the weekend, I think, as mm. well. Um, you, you probably would say, Brian, because as you've touched on, that they just seem to have remained consistent throughout this awful situation. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's a long season, isn't it? And, and, like, retaining a Champions League is a hard, hard thing. Obviously, Madrid did three in a row, but, like... Well, what about, a... what about Paris Saint-Germain playing against Manchester United? I mean, they, they nearly... You know, won it last. Yeah, time. I guess the question is depth, really. I mean, that's what Thomas Tuchel has been talking about because I still think it seems a bit rich them complaining about depth when you look at all the players who didn't play when they beat um, Nîmes on Friday night and mm-hmm. they're still able a to play Kylian Mbappe, b to bring in Rafinha, mm-hmm. and c to to win four 0 even if it was a, a little bit flattering. But the fact that they have lost experienced depth in um, Thiago Silva, in Cavani, in Munier. That's a bit of an issue, mm-hmm. um, but again, I, th- I think you look at this, and you know they've they've got a, f- a few midfielders out, which I, th- I think gives United an opportunity. There's there's no Verratti, um, there's no Leandro Paredes, who was really good, I thought, in the final eight of the, the the Champions League. But then again, they're able to bring in Danilo, who they just signed from Porto. We mentioned uh, Rafinha, the younger brother of Thiago, who had a, a pretty good debut actually, a name on 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 Friday. So they they do have that, and of course. From the weekend, they're able to bring back to go next to Mbappe, both Di Maria and Neymar, which is, well, not bad. It's all right, isn't it? It's not bad. Neymar's been a bit silly, though, hasn't he, on... uh social media recently yeah, well, the, not not really deliberately though isn't it it's just a, just a bit of an accident he stitched up Richarlison Jim. he didn't do it on purpose though did he yeah, but he still did it though yeah okay, alright fair enough Andy do you want to talk us through this uh, yeah, you have this, this was, bone <laughs> this was on uh, Neymar's Twitch channel wasn't it and it, his, his phone went mm-hmm. and so he held it up to the screen he goes oh, look everybody look who's ringing thereby exposing Richarlison's number to everyone and yeah. Richarlison t- <laughs> tweeted afterwards Five minutes, and I've had more than 10,000 messages already. <laughs> I love that. Thanks, Neymar. I love the fact that <laughs> that many people seize that opportunity because I wouldn't think of doing that. 
But then there's a lot of other people, Jim. But I, I think it's extraordinary, isn't it? If you're Neymar, mm-hmm. you think of the level of fame he's got. Oh, look, he's ringing me up. It's yeah. Richarlison. But I, I mean, if it was the other way around, I could kind of understand it. Yeah. Yeah, but is he not happy? No, it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice. I, I, I think there's, there's relatively few mm-hmm. or relatively little airtime given to the Neymar is nice theory. So maybe we should do that. Yeah. After you guys. Mm. <laughs> I think we should end there, Andy. Um, well, of course, um, this Thursday, Football Ramble presents will have on the continent. So there'll be more European chat. If you liked what you heard, Andy talking about Sevilla there and so on, then, then do get yourself over to Football Ramble presents for more of that kind of stuff on on the continent. Uh, should be a belter. That is the end of today's show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening. On tomorrow's show, I shall be back with Vish and Pete to talk about some of that sweet Champions League action, which is happening this evening. Uh, until then, say goodbye, Jim Campbell. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Andy Brasso. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.